sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Who will be in the lineup tonight for the Miami Heat when they take on the Los Angeles Lakers? The Lakers were nine-and-a-half-point favorites last game and lost outright. Can the Heat turn the tide, get the series tied at two? We're going to find out in a few hours from now. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia, and certainly LeBron James, Joe, gave Jimmy Butler all of the credit after the Heat came back in game three to end up winning the one, winning the game outright. The question is, can they tie the series tonight being undermanned i guess the real question is are you a superstitious man craig mish because if you want this to happen then i think what you need to go is into the little show sheet that we put together and you have to basically claim another lakers victory before it happens and be the mush there in order for the miami heat to go ahead and win because for those of you don't know a little behind the scenes action here on the show craig mish that was a foregone conclusion oh the lakers go to three and oh but no not so fast so Greg, are you going to will this to happen and be a mush yet again and make this happen for your city? Because it seems like a lot's riding on this, and you are Mr. Miami. Well, you know what? My podcast is Swings and Mishes, and that was a big mish. So definitely, I'll go ahead and I'll put that in the in the, in the rundown again. Hopefully, it will end up coming true. I, I got to see who's going to play tonight for the Heat. Uh, I mean, to count on Jimmy Butler to do that again, I mean, I, I suppose it can happen, but it would seem unreasonable. Ask, but <laughs> Well, we'll see if Bam Adebayo suits up. He's, you know, as Jeremy and Greg were talking about, his very questionable play, and, and certainly Goran Dragic, too. They did interviews yesterday and didn't reveal if they were playing in the game tonight, but it certainly didn't sound good. But uh, we'll see that game tonight. we got other things to attend to, of course, as we take a look at our headlines. It is game four this evening. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, the ratings for the NBA Finals are the lowest in history this year, and that's not something that I like to see. I thought it's been pretty entertaining, but again, I'm coming at it from a partial side seeing Miami involved in this thing. But for whatever reason, people are not all that interested in watching the NBA Finals this year. First pitch between the Braves and Marlins is in an hour from now. Max Fried, Sandy Alcantara will give a little bit of a preview of that game coming up in just a minute. Davey Garcia starts game two for the New York Yankees. Davey Garcia was someone in fantasy that people are in love with for dynasty leagues. But how about pitching game two of the postseason? That is incredible. He'll start tonight against Tampa Bay. Reese Hoskins had Tommy John surgery on his elbow. So in all likelihood, if there is no designated hitter, Hoskins may have to start the season on the injured list in 2021, but it may only be for a couple of weeks. We saw uh, many players go through this in past years. D.D. Gregorius, Albert Pujols, usually you're missing two, three weeks at the start of the season if you get it done in October. Arizona head football coach Kevin Sumlin tests positive for COVID. Of course, their season is coming up soon in the Pac-12, so we'll see what happens there. And a big college football week for sure here where I live, where Miami takes on Clemson. But uh, Florida State announces their third quarterback to start the year. And they just have had all kinds of issues trying to get in front of this this year. But Blackman ended up starting, and he, did, he didn't go well. And, and then they were going to some other kids now, and they're trying to. But look, uh, FSU is rebuilding their program with Mike Norvell. And Norvell has been out with COVID, too. So... It's just been an unclean year in all sports, I would say, in general. But hopefully Florida State is able to get their act together. Not that I root for them, of course, because I'm a Gator. So I want to be clear on that. But either way, it's it's very good when all of the good teams are actually good. And this year in particular mm-hmm. was kind of wacky. The 
uh, Oklahoma, not in the top 25. UCF has fallen right. back. Florida State, not a huge surprise, but the way that they're losing is, has been pretty sad. Yeah, and programs are cyclical. I think we all know that, too. Sometimes recruiting class isn't as good as you think it is, or maybe it's it's a very heavy freshman class, and it takes some people a little talent, a little time to kind of get right there. So uh, I would agree with your statement, though. When the good programs are good, that's better for college football, just all the way around. And going back to what you were talking about earlier about the NBA and the ratings, I wouldn't look too much into that. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a political thing and stuff like that. I don't think it's that at all. My personal take is just the timing of it. We're used to the finals in June where kids are off from school and everyone's kind of doing whatever and everything's, oh, it's the summertime now. Everything's light. It's fun. Oh, stay up and watch the playoffs. Now when we got football playoffs, we got baseball play. I mean, football going on, we got baseball playoffs and NBA finals. I think it's just a lot plus school and everyone virtual schooling for the most part in a lot of places. I just think it's kind of tough right now on a weeknight for everybody to sit together at eight o'clock and watch a finals game or even nine o'clock and watch a finals game, depending on what time the starts are. So I think that has something to do with it, Craig. I'm not sure what you think, but I also want to ask you this question because I feel like it's important. Should I be rooting for the Marlins today or against the Marlins? Because I know it's exciting that they're in the playoffs, but I don't know how much more work you want to take on going forward for the rest of the year. So I just want to know where my rooting interest should lie. Oh, definitely rooting for the Marlins. <laughs> okay. No, it doesn't matter how much work there is. I'll uh, got to I mean, this is is obviously great for what I do and my brand here of covering them. So, yeah, I mean, the further they go, the better I'm off and 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 certainly, yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, a quick series would be great. I'd like them to win in 3, so then there's no not five <laughs> straight days of this. But yeah, absolutely. And and unfortunately, they're not going to okay. have Starling Marte for this series. I reported that earlier. Yeah. And and he's their best player. So, mm-hmm. look, I I definitely you know, and the and the people who I talked to before the Cubs series were really optimistic about beating the Cubs. Like I got a lot of texts, like we got this, and you know, and I'm not saying I didn't get that this time around, but the Braves are just another animal because they have that offense. You know, like they have okay pitching, Atlanta. But you bring in some bullpen arms that can't get guys out, and you got Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies, and Duvall can get hot. And the Cubs just didn't have any of that in the last series. Like the Cubs, and and this is no indictment on the Marlins at all, but the Cubs were, Joe, they were awful against Miami. Like they were pitiful hitting the ball. They, they, I mean, and Miami's pitching is good. They were inconsistent offense all year. Look, they were inconsistent all they year. Didn't, but I hit two fifty all year. I mean, how sick is that? Crazy. I mean, I, I couldn't Crazy. believe it when I saw that. But uh, so maybe it's no secret that Theo Epstein, you know, could be on the way out there. But all right, we'll take a look at the update to win the World Series on Fanduel next. Go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to get into a little bit of a preview in the next 15 or 20 minutes here of the National League baseball series going on today the division series of course continues in an hour from now marlins and atlanta braves later tonight it will be the dodgers and padres before we do that just one quick uh, note here joe in the nfl oj howard was placed on injured reserve by the tampa bay buccaneers that should not come as a surprise but what should probably be said is a couple of things first it'll be intriguing to see if the buccaneers pivot and now start using rob Gronkowski a little bit more in the passing game which they have not done at all 
And secondly, I mean, it's kind of fair to say, unfortunately, for O.J. Howard at this point, this could be the end of his Buccaneers career. I think it's very likely the end of his Buccaneers career. He's kind of on the precipice anyway. I thought maybe a good year with Brady and keeping Brady for the next year, maybe that would be something where Tom goes, hey, no, I want this kid. Bring him back here on a two-year deal or even a one-year deal, and let's make it work. So it's really bad timing for O.J. Howard. Not that there's ever a good timing for an injury, but if he had a really successful 15-, 16-week run and gets hurt in the playoffs or something like that, that's different. I think then you go back and you look and say, oh, well, it was a really good season for O.J. Howard. Maybe we try to bring him back, get him worked in, if you can get him healthy again. But uh, this is a tough one here. And I don't think Gronk becomes the beneficiary. I think you'll see Cameron Brait used a little bit more, to be honest with you. That's why they kept the three tight ends, I think, on that roster. I think they knew what they were getting here with Rob Gronkowski. I think, if anything, maybe it was more of a comfort level thing to bring him along. And they say they like him as a blocker, and they've been using him as such. And that's the one thing. Gronk is still a very strong guy and a very smart football player. You know, he gets a lot of flack for being lovable, goofy Gronk, and he is. But in terms of football intelligence, Rob Gronkowski's pretty smart, and if he wasn't, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did for the Patriots. There's no doubt about that. So uh, for me, this is uh, not like an addition-subtraction. I think Scotty Miller is another guy you can see uptick in targets from because you saw even last week Scotty Miller had some big catches in that game. Godwin's the key, though. you got to get Godwin healthy. If you can get Godwin and Evans healthy together on the field at the same time. If you are Tom Brady, that is Christmas morning. That's what you want. That's what you need if you're really going to make a run at this division. It's nice to have a couple wins here, and you're starting to look better than you did that first week against New Orleans, but we all know there's another game coming uh, up eventually against New Orleans, and this one's going to be in Tampa on your turf, and you want to get everybody healthy, and that's the big thing here. But make no mistake about it. Even though this is a foregone conclusion that O.J. Howard is going to be out the rest of the season, it is definitely a blow to this offense because the more pieces you have, the better chance you have of being tough to find out and figure out over on offense. Yeah. And, and I would say that Watson looked pretty good for Tampa Bay too. So that's another name of a player, especially mm -hmm. with Godwin out. If Godwin's out another week that could potentially play a little bit, they have a lot of different pieces and Brady through the years has made players into players essentially out of nothing. And, and maybe that's what happens this year for Tampa with a couple of extra guys. We'll just have to see. All right. Now let's get over to the baseball postseason and coming up 45 minutes from now, the team that basically is calling themselves the bottom feeders because of what happened. And I'll tell you the story as to why this, this has all happened. Well, back in July, the Marlins were facing off with the Philadelphia Phillies at the start of the season. And the Phillies, of course, coming in with high expectations for their year and fell flat toward the end. But one of the things that was said on one of their post-game shows by former big league pitcher Ricky Batalico is that he said the Marlins will fight. They're not a team that's going to lay down, but in order for Philadelphia to get in the postseason, they're going to have to beat up on the bottom feeders. Well, the Marlins took that to heart, of course, and now they have shirts that say bottom feeders on them, and they're wearing them wherever they go, whatever they do. I didn't see any today, by the way, in Houston, but pretty sure that they'll be on at some point as well. And one of the reasons why they got to this point uh, Sandy Alcantara was on the mound when they clinched to make the postseason. Sandy Alcantara was on the mound opening day when they won their first game. Sandy Alcantara was on the mound against the Cubs when they won their first game, too. And now he's going to pitch game one against the Atlanta Braves. And uh, the opponent for the Braves, ironically, has the player that he was traded for once upon a time when Miami acquired Sandy Alcantara along with Magnera Sierra and uh, Zach Gallen and Daniel Castano, those four guys, all for Marcelo Zuna. He went to the Cardinals, and now, of course, he signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves. And Sandy was asked, does that make it a little bit more intriguing, the fact that he's going to be going against Ozuna in this game? I mean, I don't care anybody. You know, I just go outside, like I say. You know, 
I don't care if I face my brother, my dad. I don't care. I just want to strike out everybody, you know, do my job, <laughs> do my job, be on the mouse, you know, and be consistent. So, look, there's no doubt what Miami has going for them, Joe, is they have the pitching, right? Like, they have Sandy mm-hmm. Alcantara in game one. They have Pablo Lopez in game two. They have Sixto Sanchez in game three. And, of course, uh, look, Sixto Sanchez was phenomenal during the regular season until he got a hold of the Braves. The Braves figured him out a little bit. But where Miami is undermanned, clearly, is the offensive part of the game. Uh, Atlanta's pitchers, two solid guys, right? Max Fried, who was a Cy Young candidate, wasn't that great down the stretch. Uh, was hurt, missed some time, and then Ian Anderson, who was phenomenal down the stretch. So I, I suppose we're just going to f- simply find out, Joe, here in this postseason series, whether or not it's great pitching or great hitting that wins, because one team has great pitching and the other team has great hitting, and we're going to find out in a five-game series which is actually better. Well, you also have great hitting that strikes out a ton, which is uh, a different kind of great hitting. It's a little all or nothing. And we kind of saw it in that red series a little bit with the Braves that all of a sudden you can go extra innings with them and they might not be able to put up a run. Why? Because they always make a ton of contact. And that's the one thing about this Braves offense that you could say is their Achilles heel. So I would definitely say that the Marlins have a chance. And as I'm watching Stanley uh, talk there, he seems really loose in that clip, man. And I think loose is dangerous. When you see a guy about to start the first game of a playoff series, he's like, hey, man, I don't care if it's my dad up, this guy up. He's kind of like that that meme with the guy with the cigarette. You know, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, the Braves, this Brave, that Brave, any Brave, it doesn't matter to me. It seems like that. And they seem loose. They seem like no one's respecting them. And they seem like they're playing with house money. And that is the most dangerous thing because if anybody's got expectations this year, it's got to be the Atlanta Braves. Disappointing last year in the playoffs after a great regular season. You don't want to do that two years in a row. And let's be honest, the Braves have a history as a franchise being disappointing in the playoffs. They make the playoffs. Not a ton of World Series lately. And even when they did, they didn't win a lot of World Series. So I'm just saying, I don't think the Marlins should be uh, brushed aside here. They have great pitching. And the Braves offense, as scary as it might be sometimes with those guys like Freeman and Acuna, at the same time, they do strike out a ton, almost 30% of the time. That is a huge number for a team. Yeah, Acuna's made a living off the Marlins, and that, and he is just yes. destroyed, and so is Freddie Freeman. But the question is with Acuna, is he healthy? And, and no one really knows the answer to that. He had the issue with the wrist. He sat out a couple of days. He said he was going to play through it. He really didn't do anything against Cincinnati. So, uh, look, he's a huge factor in this series, but you can't look at Miami and say they should be uh, – you know, favored or anything like that in this series. I mean, not no, having Starling. Not Mark. favored, but they're dangerous. No, no, they yeah. they absolutely can win, and and it wouldn't shock me to see this thing go all the way to five games. Uh, all right, now let's focus in on the San Diego Padres and Los Angeles Dodgers. We still don't know who's pitching for the Padres tonight. Our producer Brett texts me. I don't know. I'm texting people. Nobody seems to know. Uh, there is some thought that Clevenger could end up starting for them. They certainly would like him to start game one or game two. Their other options are, are Paddock and Davis. But does it really matter? That is the question because the Padres have shown, unlike maybe any other team in baseball, that they are not out of it no matter what the score is with the hitting that they have, led by Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. And Tatis was asked specifically about them coming back last week against the Cardinals and taking that series and basically how the game is never over when those guys are at the plate. We never lost the confidence of what we have in each other. Uh, we definitely know we can come back in any game. We we had a four or five runs, whatever it is. Uh, we have the offensive part that we trust each other and uh, we know we can bring the game back together. 
So we just have we have that trust during the second, even during the first game. It just didn't it just didn't happen. It's part it's part of this game. Second game, third game, it did happen, uh, and we just proved for ourselves what what we're capable of. Joe, and, and look, the Dodgers had no problem with the Brewers. They just basically let them into the series and then showed them the door. Uh, this has been their entire season for L.A. Now, San Diego did give them fits the last time that they played, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a very similar situation. I got to tell you, if Lamette and Clevenger were 100% healthy, this could be an epic showdown. But mm-hmm. there's just no way, Joe, I can pick the Padres without those two guys being healthy. I can't. I, I can I can think that San Diego could win a game. I could think they could win two. But to beat the, the Dodgers three out of five times with what pitching? I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, 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 I really was hoping that those two guys would be involved in this series. And right now, we just don't know. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll be back previewing more of this as Arthur Dean joins us. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And boy, do we have a treat for you on the show today. Craig Mish, we are joined by Austin Dean of the St. Louis Cardinals to get a little bit of a preview of the National League Division Series games. The Marlins taking on the Braves. Of course, Austin played for the Marlins, faced the Braves a number of times. And then it'll be the Dodgers and the Padres a little bit later on. And Austin joins us. Now we'll talk a little football, too. We'll mix in some other stuff. Uh, Great to see you, Austin, and great to have you here on Fantasy Sports today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing doing very well. Uh, It was a little rough. you know, actually in the postseason, but, you know, I'm glad to be home, you know, see my family. But, but yeah, man, everything's going good right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really happy uh, for you. And, and again, to kind of get your career back kickstarted with the St. Louis Cardinals. And I know, you know, certainly that's not the way that you want to see the season end, Austin, um, you know, losing in the end there. But certainly uh, you guys had to go through a lot this year. And before we get into the games tomorrow, uh, I, I don't think people realize just how much you guys had to go through. Uh, I know from the Marlins end, but I, I mean, the Cardinals end, I can only imagine. And unfortunately for you, uh, you were out a period of time being sick, too. And I know that that's just that was not an easy break for you. Yeah, it was really tough. It was really tough that we all had to deal with that. You know, I got to give uh, credit to all my teammates, uh, the guys that had COVID and that didn't have COVID. Uh, that was a really, really hard thing that everybody had to deal with. And I don't think anybody really notices that, you know, we go to go to Detroit and we have our first outbreak. And we get postponed from all three games and then get postponed against the the Brewers. And we were off, I think, 14 days, something yeah. like that. And we were seven days, couldn't leave our room in Milwaukee. And it was tough, man. It was tough mentally and just and physically on the body as well. So uh, it was it was very unfortunate that I got it. I, I followed all the safety protocols that MLB had issued to us. Uh, I just happened to come in contact with uh, yeah. one of the players. And yeah, man, but. I'm I'm alive. I'm doing well after COVID. So you know all that. So it's all right, man. Yeah, and I was so excited to see you uh, when they when they brought you up and and you started hitting and then all of a sudden you had an injury. I'm like, oh no! Like I mean, the luck on Austin Dean is just yeah. not in his favor this year. But I know you'll be back next year for the Cardinals for sure, and I'll be seeing you for sure at uh, spring training in February and in March. Uh, but look, uh, I got you on here for a reason today, and that is to preview 
the games that we're going to watch. And so your <laughs> former team, the Miami Marlins, is going to be playing the Atlanta Braves uh, coming up here in a little bit. And certainly we have seen another team, uh, Austin, your former team, also go through what they have gone through. It is a tremendous story. And uh, Sandy Alcantara will pitch today, who you're also very familiar with, uh, you know, for your former teammate with the Marlins. Let's get into this series here a little bit. What kind of chances do you give Miami to defeat Atlanta? I mean, right now, man, they're, they're hot. And to me, I said this last year with the Washington Nationals winning it all. They were hot. They were the team that got hot and they and they ran with it. So if Miami can continue to stay hot, man, I who knows what's going to happen? This could be a story that shocks the world. But, you know, I'm super proud of all those guys and uh, all my former teammates. Like, this is a really big thing and, you know, definitely needed right now for the organization. But but I, I, I like their chances. I, I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a super blowout with L.A. You know, th this could be very interesting. It could go to, I believe it's, it's a five-game series set, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it could go to all five. Who knows? But I think they have a really good chance for that. Yeah, I think they came out. They said it's going to be Sandy, Pablo, and Sixto in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a phenomenal choice going, uh, splitting up Sandy and Sixto a little bit. Uh, in my opinion, I believe those guys are pretty much identical. You know, they're really hard sinker and uh, really good slider effect. So, uh, you know, I think if they send a message game one, you know, I think it's going to rattle them. You know, I, I think when uh, when I was there uh, with Miami, it was we kind of got looked down upon a lot when we played other teams. And as a player, that it really kind of sucked. So <laughs> maybe like, you know, maybe L.A. is going to come in this you know game and just thinking, oh, it's just the Marlins. The Marlins this like if they, if they step up game one, I, I think it's going to be really interesting, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think it will be. And look, the, the Atlanta Braves are uh, are definitely a formidable opponent in this series. There's no doubt about that. When you look at the Braves real quick, Austin, and you see their starting pitchers, and certainly they've do, they're doing it in different ways in the Braves. They have Max Fried and Ian Anderson. And then after that, it's kind of you don't really know. But, Austin, the flip side for the Braves is that they have those bats. And honestly, yeah. they have those bats that the Marlins do not have. And so I guess the question is, before we move on to the Dodgers and Padres, yeah. Uh, do do you think that it's the pitching that overcomes the hitting, or is it the hitting that beats the pitching? We're going to find out in this series because the Marlins have one thing and the Braves have the other. Exactly. So, again, I think it's going to be one of those things. If pitching's going to be there, it's going to be there. But, uh, you know, again, I think I like their chances against us. It's, they're familiar with the Braves, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. in the same division. So I think one of those things that Max Fried has been hot all year. So if he can continue to do that in the playoffs, that'd be great. But, you know as well as I know, whatever you do in the regular season doesn't have any play in the postseason. You know, somebody could be struggling all year and then just get hot in the, in the postseason. I think that's yeah. what it's going to take. But mm -hmm. I definitely think the pitching for Miami is going to be what uh, what really helps them strive to continue on, especially yeah. if uh, Sandy and Sixto can, you know, come in clutch. Yeah, no, I no doubt. And uh, and by the way, I, I know that you can't go to the game, but you are only about, I think, 20 or 30 minutes away from where they're going to play in Houston uh, yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in game one. All right. So now Dodgers and Padres, Austin, we know the Dodgers story. They're the best team in baseball. It's not particularly close. It's been that way now for a couple of years. They've had some unfortunate postseason uh, play and unfortunate postseason luck. The Padres looked like they were a formidable opponent in every which way, and they certainly played very well in their opening series. But their pitching now 
is a little bit banged up Austin. And so uh, is is this just a, an L.A. team that's destined to go all the way, including the World Series? Or do you think that Tatis and Machado and some of these other guys can get involved and upset them? Because certainly the pitching has got to be a question for the Padres going in, unfortunately, with the injuries to uh, Lamette and then Clevenger. I think so. I, I really believe that's what's going to hurt them. But, you know, playing them this in the wild card game, we went up both in both the first two games. And in game two, Tatis was the ringleader and just got him going. So I think he's the, the centerpiece for that entire team. If he gets going, they're all going to hit. Uh, you know, I firsthand saw that when we were in San Diego. And they are a very dangerous hitting team. You know that. Yeah. And, again, like you said, they're going to be lacking pitching. They they use their entire bullpen in the three-game series. So who knows? Uh, you know, I don't know what the – the report is on Lamette or Clevenger if they're going to be healthy for this series, but that's going to add, you know, obviously a huge up for them if they can be in the series, you know. And then you got LA. LA is going trying to go for their third year in a row to to the Amazing. promised land. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're they're the hot they're a hot team, like they're the they're the number one team talked about in baseball besides the New York Yankees, obviously. But like, how do you not get excited watching the Dodgers? You know, and maybe this is going to be a redemption their year for them. Uh, you know, if all those guys can, you know, stay hot and and they have a lot of power and that's and I feel like that's going to play. But uh, the big question is, is there's no home field advantage this year. I know that's huge. That's a great yeah. point. By you. There, yeah. There's no, no, no yeah. home field advantage this year. So it's it's kind of game on, you know, against both those teams. And, you know, it's kind of uh, I'm really curious to see how it's going to how it's going to affect everybody. But again, that's a lot of power in that L.A. In that L.A. lineup. So yeah, no be- doubt. So, so are you taking Miami and LA? Is that is that is that what you're doing in the NL before I, we move to football here? Absolutely. I, I, you know, I'm gonna take my chances and go Miami, LA for that uh, that next series, man. Yeah, that would be a great National League Championship series. I think I, I think I'd have to get on a plane and stay with you in Houston, too, <laughs> and around the area to see that. Uh, uh, okay, so I know the the other uh, fun part about you is that you love football. I know it's been really hard for you to keep up with everything, and and certainly now we have the Big Twelve going on and so you know you got your Oklahoma State football certainly Oklahoma has been a big disappointment Austin at the beginning of the season as well and then also right down the road from you we got the word late yesterday that Bill O'Brien was let go as the head coach and general manager so uh, where you live right now is like the hotbed of of, uh, of football talk right now so that's got to be fun for you and, and you'll get your Saturdays and Sundays back now you can watch yeah, all the yeah. games Oh man, I, I'm super excited to watch football. You know, it, it is a big stereotype being from Texas and just being a football lover. You know, everybody here, you know, eat, breathes, and dies for football. But, but yeah, but uh, no, I'm so proud of my uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys getting in that top ten rank. But I don't know how that's going to last too long with their history. But, but I, I'm a big fan of football. I like watching football. It, it's fun. It's entertaining, especially at the college level. I, I think it's more exciting at the college level because. The outcome could be so different. You don't know. Like if you saw this past week, Texas lost to TCU. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in a in a normal world, that that would never have happened. It's just crazy to see. But uh, but I'm just super excited for just all the you know Big Ten footballs coming back too, and you know, and I believe Pac-12 is too. I, it I'm is. Just ex- yeah. I'm just I'm ex- I'm excited to see all that come back and just kind of get football back into normal. I'm still going to push for a bigger playoff. I always will until they do it because it needs to be done again. It's going to be more, yeah. be more, it'd be more entertaining. And again, it, for college football, it's going to make them more money. I don't think they really realize that if they're not really honed in on making money or not. <laughs> I think they but, are. Yeah. 
<laughs> they have to be. I mean, the they SEC start... deal on TV is like, you know, on CBS is like, you know, it, it was worth more money to them than you know what. And ESPN just came in and stole that thing from them. So Yeah, exactly. Start paying the players, man. They'll have fun doing that. Come on. Yeah, no, I, I think they will start doing Are you? By the way, are you playing fantasy football at all? I don't know if you got involved. I, yeah, with, finally with got into my first fantasy football league with the Cardinals. And How uh, are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, we're in the CBS league. We play two games a, a week. So right now I'm in second place at five and good. one. Not not looking too good this week. Might be coming my first double loss. All and right. you know the COVID outbreak with uh, the Titans and Patriots oh, is uh, gonna kill me this week. But you know it's gonna be fun. Uh, you know it's obviously there's you know a lot of uh, a lot of competition with everybody. That's just how everybody is, man. But excited, excited for this for obviously. All right. Well, good. Listen, we'll check in with you throughout. You know, uh, I'm wishing you all the best of success, and you're certainly welcome to come on this show anytime you want. We could just chop it up, talk, uh, you know, gaming, football, baseball, basketball, whatever you got going on. I'm happy to do it. Uh, congratulations on your season with the Cardinals, certainly, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thank you so much, Austin, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. All right, Austin Dean, the Dean Machine here with us, says it's Marlins and Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. Will that come to fruition? Well, take Austin's word for it. He's seen both those teams. We'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be back with more, so make sure you stay tuned. Stay on the grid. We're back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Time for a little fantasy or reality here on our show as we kick it over to the 2 o'clock hour here on SportsGrid. Make sure you stay tuned. we got Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later on. He, of course, is going coast-to-coast. Quick update from Buccaneers practice. Of course, they have a game coming up on Thursday, which is why we got the news on O.J. Howard. But, Joe, basically seems like at this point either the guys are getting veteran days off or nobody's practicing today because – uh, no practice for Mike Evans, no practice for Chris Godwin, no practice for any of their wide receivers, essentially. So I suppose the hope is at this point they're just giving them an extra day off before Thursday. But that is indeed the case today. Yeah, it's scary times if you have uh, heavy investments into Tampa. There's no doubt about that. However, uh, I would say this is not shocking at all to see Evans come out of that game on Sunday and then come back in. It was very unlikely he would get a lot of practice time in the short week. I would expect Evans to play. I would not expect Goblin to play in the short week. And with Fournette, it would seem like it would be smarter to just not play him. It's a pretty winnable matchup here, in my opinion, against the Bears, despite it being on the road. So I think if you can go out there with a healthy enough Mike Evans and Tom Brady and that defense that's been pretty good, especially against the run, you shut down David Montgomery. It's a pretty easy path to a victory here. And it's a tough schedule here back-to-back weeks for Montgomery. Uh, it sucks. He's playing, you know, the Bucks defense and last week's playing the Indianapolis Colts defense. So maybe he becomes interesting by low because I think after that, you look at the schedule and there's some much more favorable matchups potentially coming up for him, including the Vikings defense. Yay! The Vikings defense gives us so many fantasy points. We love it all the time. But uh, I would say don't panic about Evans, but don't expect Godwin. Don't expect Fournette in the short week. I think that would be shocking to see either of those guys show up there. So who knows? Fire up those Scotty Miller shares. I know he's not practicing too, but I feel like everybody's just trying to get to Thursday as best they can, Craig. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy to think that all of these guys are, are not practicing. But the good news is it's an early game, and so you know exactly if you can start your guys or not. You don't have to wait till Monday night or Tuesday night or something like that. Okay, let's start off with our first question here, fantasy or reality. And tonight it's game four of the NBA Finals, and the point spread is Lakers minus 7.5. Fantasy or reality, Joe, the Lakers will win and cover the 7.5 tonight. I'm just going to go take a side. I'm going to say reality. They win, they cover. Jimmy Butler had his moment in the sun. It was glorious. It was wonderful. But no, it's LeBron, it's Davis, it's the Lakers, and they win, and they win, and they cover. How about that? Lakers strong. That's what I'm predicting tonight. I might as well have a hot take because I really don't have a better informed one to have. I'm the NFL and MLB guy. As much as I enjoy the NBA, I don't have a beat on this, but... Let's have some fun. Let's say Lakers. Lakers strong. Why not? Craig, what do you think? Yeah, I'll just go with my heart and hope that the Heat uh, cover. I don't know that they'll win, but I'll definitely just take the seven and a half points tonight and hope for the best. <laughs> but they're undermanned, and and it really didn't seem to matter in the last game. So I'm hoping that that you know, indeed is the case tonight. But I don't know who's – someone has got to step up and, and get 20 or get 30 aside next to Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's Tyler Hero. Maybe it's uh, Duncan Robinson. Maybe it's somebody else. We'll just have to see. But I'll take the points tonight. Hope for the best. Lakers clearly are still the favorite in this series, but that would all change tonight because those guys are close to coming Mm -hmm. back. And so I think that they could play in the next game, even if they don't play tonight, Miami can somehow pull this off. And even, by the way, if they're down 3-1, maybe Miami wins a couple in a row. We've seen this happen before in series go game seven. All right, let's go. To our second question, and let's go to the Miami Dolphins situation. ESPN reports today that Ryan Fitzpatrick remains the starting quarterback (laughs) of the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, boy, Fitzpatrick, he has great games, and then he has games like he had last week, which were abysmal. And so, of course, here they are calling for Tua to start. Fantasy or reality, Tua should be starting this week for the Dolphins. Joe? Well, get ready, because I'm going to make one of the great dad jokes of all time. It is almost, if you check your watch, 2 o'clock. We're getting very, very close to that little hand going up there and striking 2 o'clock on the Dolphins, but not quite yet. So this is this is fantasy for now, because the guy hasn't taken contact yet up until recently. And I think this past week, I believe, was the first time he had contact drill of any kind. That's the thing. You've got to have a little bit of contact here for Tua, because I think that's very dangerous. Just throw him out there, having not gotten hit at all. And uh, usually you protect your quarterbacks in practice anyway. But in this scenario, I think you need him to get a little physical here and get the feel for some in-game action a little bit before you go throwing him to the wolves of the NFL. I think that's a thing to look at. We kind of talked about this earlier in the season, too, when we were talking about, you know, preseason preparation, how many games we play. A lot of people said four. You know my number was eight. I think that eight is looking stronger and stronger every Ryan Fitzpatrick performance. And why not? You're seeing Burrow play well. You're seeing Herbert play well. Why not get to out there sooner than later? Turn the page, see what you got here. Let the kid learn on the fly and figure things out. But I think it's a little early yet. I would wait another week or two, get him some more confidence with the playbook, get him some more confidence with some of the players. But I think if you start seeing him this week, start to take some reps with the first teamers, I think that's an indication is getting closer and closer to two o'clock. What do you think, Craig Mish? Yeah, I think that he should start now, and and it's a shame that he's not because uh, – and, and, again, you can't really look at other situations and compare him to this one because he was hurt and with a, with a bad hip. But 
I, I think the problem for Miami is you can't say for weeks that the hip is not an issue and he's 100% healthy and also not name him the starter this week. That, that to me, is, mm. is where the issue is. They have a bye week coming up in a couple of weeks, and when that happens, my guess is at that point they'll put him in. But he's definitely recovered very fast for this, and, and the Dolphins have acknowledged that. But if you're going to acknowledge that he's 100% healthy, then there makes no sense Then he should be playing this week because Fitzpatrick basically could not have been – well, I mean, I guess he could have been worse. He could have been like Foles or somebody like that, but he was just <laughs> – I was going to say, we that. saw worse than Fitzpatrick on Sunday, my friend. We saw a couple worse than Fitzpatrick. I'll tell not you many. Not many. I mean, you're was, you're I mean, not he, wrong. They got in the red zone several times. He couldn't take advantage of it. He threw interceptions. It was – and look, that's that's who he is, and that's that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But he just – he was not good at all last week. So, Well, I guess uh, healthy he, is the, one the, thing, ready is another. That's the difference here. Like, I think you're right. If he's healthy, then why? isn't he playing but is he ready has he been healthy enough to absorb physically what's going on and i think there's one thing about being healthy and cleared and another thing about being ready to play and maybe that's where the divide is right now for the dolphins and it's very possible we can get past that divide in a week we can get past that divide in a couple of days you never know and who knows maybe if it's patrick comes out as a bad half do you think there's an opportunity you would see to come into a middle of a game i think not what do you think? Do you think they would just give him a fresh start or actually have him come in and get some snaps in a fourth quarter if things go awry this week? Yeah, it's it's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. I guess it depends on what the score is. It depends on if they mm-hmm. have a chance to still win the game. And, you know, I think Denver's probably in a similar situation to that where they bench Driscoll. Maybe, maybe this is a situation where if they feel they can win the second half of a game, because they're still trying to win. And any narrative that pushes the Dolphins not trying to win didn't watch all of last year. They tried to win last year too. So I think if they can, if they feel that Fitzpatrick has a bad week and that they could win, maybe they go to him. But it's sooner rather than later at this. It, it would appear that well, way. Well, there's the, point with the, the schedule for them. They got the 49ers this week on the road, and that's not where you want to make your first start. I don't think you want to do that. Then you have the Broncos on the road, also kind of a tough place to make a start. Your first one out there a mile high. I don't know if that's where you want to do. Then you have back-to-back home games with the Chargers and the Rams, and then you have the Cardinals. So all of a sudden, and then the Jets after that, by the way. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, things when's start to look up week? here as we start to turn the page. Uh, let's see. It it's not in the next few weeks. It's a later buy, according to these. So they're oh, playing is. straight oh. through. All the way, their buy is that first week of December, it looks like. So they're a late buy this year, wow. according to this. Mm. Um, because the next one here, they have got the 11th against the 49ers, the 18th against the Broncos, then the 25th against the Chargers, the Rams on the 1st, and then they've got the Cardinals on the 8th, the Jets on the 15th, and the Jets. Remember, this is the back-to-back with the Jets. Uh, so right. actually, that's where it is. It's 11-22 is their bye week. So they have a Jets by Jets. So it's like a weird home and home after the bye. So, I mean, it's hard not to imagine that those are the games where you want to get his feet wet. Yeah, I I would think by then he'll be in for sure. All right, let's close it out with Monday Night Football. We saw two games on Monday night last night, and uh, we're going to ask the question here. And I I know people can appreciate Monday night games, especially more than the Thursday night games, because Monday tends to be pretty competitive. Fantasy or reality, Joe, two Monday Night Football games will be played weekly in 2021. Hmm. This is my dream come true. So I feel like this is a loaded question. So because I want my dreams to come true, because nobody else cares about my dreams but me, I'm going to say reality. Yes, I think it's fun. It's good to have an early and a late because if one game's a turd, maybe the other one's going to be really good. Or maybe if that first game is kind of lackluster, you go, ah, well, this is crap. Maybe at nine o'clock that game will get better. And 
I understand it's wacky with the West Coast and all that stuff, but more football isolated for us to be able to watch. I am all for a thousand percent. Why wouldn't we want that? It would be a ratings bonanza for anybody who gets that second game. I don't know if ESPN and then ESPN two would carry the other one or how the contract work out. My guess is the contracts with ESPN are prohibitive in this case. So it's probably not going to be the case, but who knows? Maybe ESPN says, you know what? We don't have a whole lot else going on for us. Let's go all in here and try to make this work. I would love, love, love to see an early and a late game every Monday night. I think it's fun to have the duo games there. How about you, Craig? Fantasy Reality 2021. We get not one, but two Monday Night Football contests. Look, I I think it is fantasy, but the one thing for me that I would say is that I would make it a reality and and get rid of Thursday night. And that would really be the perfect scenario for me. I just... Uh, Thursday night football, just in general, yeah, there have been some good games. And last year, there were probably a half a dozen of them throughout the course of the year. And and this year, we've seen a couple of them, too. But there's just no need for Jacksonville, Tennessee. There's no need for Denver and the Jets. I I mean, come on. I mean, we're we're forced to have to endure those games. We're bad teams. And (laughs) Thursday night football, everybody gets to play on it. So you know that you're going to end up with some bad matchups because of that, because everybody gets a primetime game of some kind. And then you have that unlucky fight like you had on Thursday between Denver and New York. And I know your counter to that is the game was good, but that's that's you know the the common fan is not going to tune into that game, and and that's what you're really searching for here. This is not these are not games for us; these are games for everybody, and nobody wants to see Denver play the Jets on Thursday, uh, a, a second Monday night game. Yes, I don't want to see them on Sunday. I don't want to see Denver play the Jets on Sunday. I'll take a step. I don't want to see Denver play ever. Play the Jets on Monday. <laughs> yeah, but, but Monday night. But Monday night would give it a little bit more of an element, starting one of the games at 7 o'clock Eastern, starting the next one at 9, 9.30 Eastern. It's fun. I don't know that they'll go for it, though, because, again, all the focus they try to make on one game, and it sort of derails that idea. Also for advertisers as well, they're going to want their brand for Monday night, and how much does their stock go down? Until, like, if they get a million dollars a commercial or a half a million dollars a commercial, what does it cost mm-hmm. when you know you have another game competing against you? So... A lot of those questions certainly will need to be answered. But if you told me that there was no Thursday night and there was an extra game Monday night, I would absolutely take it. Like That would be the perfect scenario for me. Speaking of the Jets, by the way, the New York Daily News is reporting about 30 minutes ago to get your Joe Flacco jerseys out of the closet because it looks like there's a chance that he is going to be starting this weekend. So, Joe, I know that makes you very excited. Flacco, uh, Super Bowl-winning quarterback, looked great with the Broncos last year, just looked like he completely (laughs) resurrected his career. And now with the Jets, they've got a shot to win every game the rest of the year with him at the helm. That's right. Joe Flacco and roll, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is uh, just when Jet fans didn't think that there was a a bottom beneath this. Well, they pull the rug out from under you, and there you go to a whole new low. It's underneath the basement. It's somewhere like an Indian burial ground. That's that's where the Jet season is right now. And uh, you can only hope the most encouraging thing that could possibly happen was Bill O'Brien getting fired yesterday because you're a step closer to maybe getting Adam Gase out of there. And that's not going to cure all the ills because the Jets have a lot of personnel issues as well. However, it's a start. And boy, oh boy, what a lost season. But the good news is you're getting closer to Trevor Lawrence. So, hey, Jet fans, who knows? Maybe the future's pretty bright. We only endure one more terrible, awful, no good year. And maybe you get a franchise quarterback after all. I, I still am stunned that Joe Flacco may be starting this week after what I saw last year from <laughs> so him. So Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, better, they better block for this guy because 
it could get ugly, really. If it wasn't ugly enough Thursday night. All right, we got to take a quick break. We got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next. Stay on the grid. We'll be back in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia here with you on tomorrow's edition of the show. If you're watching on demand, that means on our Wednesday, October the 7th edition of the show. Dr. David Chow will be with us, give you all the injury updates around the NFL and get you ready for week five of the upcoming NFL season. But before we do that, we got to end the show today with a little discussion and we'll turn it over to Joe as he closes us out with the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Well, there's a few 4-0 teams left in the NFL, but none of them are as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. The defending, reigning, undisputed champions can win games in lots of different ways. That defense has picked up pretty much where it left off last year. They've been aggressive. They've been ball hockey. And look, Patrick Mahomes continues to be the best quarterback on the planet. They somehow find a way to win games on the road where they blow out a great defense like the Baltimore Ravens. And then they win grind out games against teams like the Patriots that can hold them scoreless, basically, for almost a whole half. It's unbelievable all the different ways that they can beat you. And I haven't even begun to mention the offensive pieces. We're talking about the speed of Tyreek Hill. We're talking about a new dynamic running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And of course, let's not forget Travis Kelsey and the rest of the guys. So the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if anybody's got an answer for them, but after four games and four wins, I can tell you this, they are in a class all by themselves right now. And uh, and I'll end with a little NBA discussion here. And of course, uh, I'll be watching tonight's game between the Heat and the Lakers, but apparently not a lot of other people are. As we talked about earlier in the show, the ratings are down to the lowest that they've ever been. And look, there's a lot of very solid reasons to come up with that. Some people feel it could be political. Others people feel that... You know, simply put, it's just better to have during the summer. Uh, but I think that what wasn't anticipated is the fact that while we missed sports, we also sometimes like our sports in doses. And simply put, I think a lot of people are overwhelmed with everything being on at the same time. And by the time you get to 9, 30, 10 o'clock on the East Coast, if you are an East Coast person, you may have already watched two or three games before that point. So lesson learned. Of course, in a pandemic, we're not going to complain. We'll take any sport that we can possibly get. But given the choice, it's better to keep them a little bit spread out than have them all at the same time. I think that's what we've learned over the last month or so. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Danny for doing a great job on the program as always. For my producer, Brett Levy, and co-host Joe Pizzapia, that'll do it for the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon here on Sports Grid. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.